0: Welcome to The Peel, where we break through the surface of sustainability in Florida and get to the juicy stuff at the center of it all. I'm your host, Amber Whittle, Executive Director of South Face Sarasota. We're a nonprofit that's increasing the resilience, affordability, and health of Florida's buildings and communities, and we're saving the planet along the way. Check out our programs and events at southface.org, Sarasota. Our guest today is Ryan Felsky, Manager on the Carbon-Free Electricity at RMI. Welcome, Ryan, and thanks for joining us on The Peel.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: (laughs) So please explain to us what ESG is, particularly as it relates to financial products.
1: Sure, yeah. ESG is um, Environmental, Social, and Governance. And it's basically a way to put a name to certain considerations um, for investment products and actions of companies. The E, Environmental, Is basically looking at sustainability practices, um, pollution, emissions of uh, a company or an entity. Social is workforce diversity, you know, worker pay practices, those sorts of considerations. And governance is the way the company is governed in terms of an independent board of directors, the makeup of the board of directors, and issues relating to how the company is run at the highest levels. Um, And what the, the way that ESG is used is it increases potentially the weights to those considerations in dis- deciding whether or not to invest um, in a company.
0: Is So is ESG only really used in a financial platform sort of way in investing or do companies use it in a different way? I know they use it in their marketing, um, but do they use it in any other ways?
1: I mean, I guess you could say it's... Um, a way to be uh, explain your actions to your workforce um, and to your customers. And so, you know, we talk about work, worker happiness and how that might affect uh, your customer experience and then how that flows through to the bottom line. So, you know, you can be a good so uh, global citizen and the way that you explain that is through ESG factors.
0: So, if you're looking to in- invest in ESG companies, is it on a scale of one to a hundred, uh, is it all just written word? How does that look to investors?
1: That gets into one of the problems with ESG, and that is that it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a very wide, undefined um, topic. There are different ways to weight between the three factors. There's different kinds of scores, and there's different. Um, applications of it. For example, uh, a lot of ESG products exclude poor performers by their measurements. For example, excluding coal mining companies um, or utilities that own and produce a lot of power from coal get excluded in some products, whereas other products include those companies, but at a lower um, concentration.
0: Hmm, So ESG is not... There's not a regulatory body like the SEC that defines what ESG is exactly. It's just sort of, um, you know, how green is termed or even sometimes organic.
1: Yeah, there is no true definition of it. And that leads to a lot of greenwashing where companies say things that they're doing that are wonderful, but may or may not be doing them um, or can use. You know, marketing lingo, but not change actions
0: interesting. okay. And so I've heard even within the sustainability movement uh, that people don't necessarily think that ESG is a good measure. So I know you've already started in um on kind of the problems within the system. but what what can you focus on that might be good and bad things within ESG?
1: I mean, the good thing for sure is that it again really highlights these factors that could be important. To to different um, stakeholders. And so by naming those factors, it's a great start towards um, tracking and making sure that those things happen. So for example, if you're really focused on um, not polluting waterways, if you want to make that a big part of your, your investment decisions or your corporate actions, this is a way to really shine a light on, on that instead of just always focusing on um, revenues or the bottom line. Um, and, so it makes yep. it makes
0: companies actually think about it.
1: Yeah, it make com- makes mm-hmm. companies think about it. It makes the uh, financial stakeholders think about it, too, and um, kind of puts pen to paper in a good in a positive way.
0: So you talked about some of the negative ways, the greenwashing and that there's not sort of a, a standard for ESG. Uh, anything else?
1: Yeah, just a general lack of transparency on even ESG ratings. So there's a, a different uh, a bunch of different organizations that provide ESG scores or ratings. They you know, can be numbers or letter grades. And um, they're not always clear on how. They come to their their ratings, and so you know if you see a uh, particular company that has a good rating, you might not know what went into making that a good rating or a bad rating, because there's a lack of transparency, there's inconsistency. So certain companies will get a, a really high rating by some groups and a poor rating on other groups, and figuring out why that might be different is is a problem. And the other big problem is that there isn't always a differentiation from other mainstream products, so um to explain that a little bit uh, an e s g weighted uh investment product index tends to look a lot like the main s and p five hundred stock index, and there doesn't always uh produce a big gap between like you know the weighting of apple apple's the number one holding in both the weighting is about the same, and so what am I really? Um, getting if I choose the ESG version.
0: Huh. So how is where is that displayed? The ESG market versus the S and P.
1: Um, if you look for a, a fund that calls itself ESG um, forward, then you can look into they. I think they produce a quarterly report of their holdings, and you can compare the holdings of an ESG product to a non-ESG product.
0: So, but they're still traded just like any other. So Apple is traded, whether it's weighted ESG or not, the same um, on the markets.
1: Yeah. And so the the different um, participants in Apple stock can be ESG funds, it can be regular funds. um, And it's been my experience that Many ESG funds don't have a big difference from their non-ESG versions, but that's you know a, a broad stroke. That's not always true either.
0: So if you could wave your magic wand and come up with a really functional ESG system, what do you think it would look like?
1: Um I think just having consistency on what goes into the the, the main factors would be really helpful. But again, yeah. um, different different parties want different weights to the thing, so maybe. I really care about the environmental factors, but but you might really care about social factors. And so just giving you a way to increase the weight of social factors and actions of a company is great. That gives you the outcome you want. But maybe I'm more focused on the environmental decisions of a company. And, but um, having clearer, transparent approaches to how those factors um, come into play is would be really helpful.
0: Yeah. And also probably having just one sort of um, certification group. But that's always hard because if there are multiple people doing it, then they have something to protect.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And how do you fund those things is a, is a, is a bit of a problem. Um, and basically better disclosure is the first step. So if companies disclose more things in a, in a similar way that can help the transparency of these scores.
0: So speaking of um, where politics meets finances, uh, Florida just um, recently banned ESG investments. So can you tell us kind of what that means and what the ramifications might be?
1: Yeah, so the the Florida, um, ESG ban. It was announced, I think, in February and signed into law in May, and it bans ESG factors for public investment funds. So these are like the pensions of um, teachers, public employees, law enforcement, those sorts of things. And their mandate now is to focus on maximizing return. Um, And it also prohibits state and local entities from seeking ESG information as part of their contracting or procurement. Um, And another big factor is prohibiting the use of ESG factors when municipalities or public entities issue bonds. And so maybe we can unpack a little bit each of those things and what it might mean. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, starting with the, (laughs) the, the last one, prohibiting ESG factors from issuing bonds. So this can raise borrowing costs for cities. For example, if they're doing something that might reduce the amount of waste that goes into a river, that would be a great thing to be an ESG rated bond by that municipality. And ESG bonds, climate, climate aligned bonds, tend to trade cheaper or they have a lower interest rate. And so that can save the citizens money if, if that factor were allowed to be um, considered.
0: Why do they have a lower interest rate?
1: Because there's a certain group of investors, like we talked about, who really mm-hmm. want these ESG factors to be present in their, their holdings. And so they'll, so, they're willing to yeah. pay up, pay more, um, for, for having those factors be part of their world.
0: Or have a lower return.
1: Yeah. Potentially Perfect. seek a lower return. Maybe it's less risky, right? So if, if, um, you take actions that reduce waste, maybe you'll have more citizens in the future and like the, the risk of that bond interest payment getting paid is, is lower. All right. Number two. Uh, number two was. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the the ESG information as part of contracting and procurement. So if you are a municipality seeking to have somebody to conduct work for you, if you want to ensure that they're not, you know, hauling away your problem and again, dumping it into the river or something. That I think sounds like a reasonable thing to consider when you're seeking contractors. Um, you know, does, does your contractor use um, electric vehicles, for example, or do they um, drive an extra thousand miles on the way back from, you know, place to place? Um, do they treat their workers well? Uh, all of those things are important in deciding whether to hire hire a, a contractor. And if those have to be ignored, you're just seeking the lowest dollar amount that might not, you know, provide the best result for for your project.
0: Exactly. The little things that add up and the government has a lot of contractors.
1: Yeah. And you want your contractors to again, it comes back be- like full circle. If you have your con- your contractors treating their employees well, that results in better work, um, results in a more stable economy and more people who are better off and enjoy um, driving in the state.
0: And then I'm really interested in your number one, because I've heard that ESG funds perform just as well, sometimes better, sometimes worse, than um,
1: non-ESG funds. Yeah, and this gets into, um, you you get similar performance, but you are, um, again, shining a light on factors that are important to you as, as an investor, and maybe, each of these groups would prefer to have ESG funds as as, uh, part of their portfolio, right? And so if teachers really want to have um, companies that are reducing emissions or achieving to be net zero, they're willing to have exposure to those companies. Banning ESG factors kind of doesn't give the teachers or doesn't give the stakeholders the outcome that they're wanting. And again, we have talked about it a little bit ago but being willing to not always maximize return but also have other components of your desired outcome achieved um is important like it's not all about yeah yeah ultimately it takes away choice takes away choice it takes away you know your freedom as as a stakeholder It, it um doesn't allow all factors to be considered either like board makeup the governance and independence of a board is a really important consideration when you talk about risk of a company, um, and risk is directly related to reward. Lower risk, you're willing to take a lower reward, and um, you know sh- telling where the risks might lie is a key part of being a fiduciary, and so it potentially can make acting as a fiduciary, asking at acting as an investment manager, more difficult, and um, more dangerous, more risky.
0: How does your board increase or decrease your risk?
1: Yeah, so the reason that board independence matters is that um, it, having the board as like the check and balance to to a uh, the executive team can make sure that there aren't undue risks being taken um, at the for personal benefit, for example, of of the executive team. Um, you know, there are companies that have relationships, where the the executive team can just do whatever they want without an independent board. And that can, again, increase risk. Um, you know there are real estate developers who do not have an independent board, and they can make choices that might not maximize all outcomes, but it can lead to um, enriching themselves, not enriching stakeholders.
0: It makes complete sense. Um I've really loved talking to you because it brings up things that seem kind of obvious but you don't necessarily think about on a daily basis. Yeah, I
1: think about these all the <laughs> time and I think it's um the the real the, the real bottom line with banning or ignoring ESG factors is that you are ignoring potential risks and you are not giving um, all the stakeholders a voice in in uh, seeking investments and seeking to raise funds, and um, it ignores a big part of the picture.
0: Absolutely. So how did you get so interested in this?
1: Yeah, I was a, uh, I picked stocks for a living in a mutual fund in my first career. And, you know, I had these financial models trying to predict what companies were worth and identifying where risks existed. One of the lessons I learned in that time was that the makeup of the executive team and the relationship to the board really is an important factor. Um, and it wasn't called out explicitly, but it was something that I internalized. And as time progressed, I realized more and more that acting in a way that's maybe aligned with ESG principles in terms of being a good citizen, reducing your emissions can save money. It can reduce risk of, of, um, that the company faces and, and make happier employees. And that all leads to better outcomes over time. Maybe not in the short run, but over time, um, it leads to better outcomes. And so I after that chapter of my life, I joined RMI and have been focusing on linking RMI's excellent work in um, you know modeling and financial analysis of the electric space and tying it back to investors who crave, like we talked about, crave better transparency for a practice like this and um, trying to shine a light again on how companies can achieve the best outcomes for all stakeholders.
0: Well, I think you're in a great line of work because it seems like everything always comes back to money some way. And so I think it's really good to have people who have your background um, really thinking on that sort of broader scale.
1: Yeah, thank you. And it's, it's, um, it's a growing space. And uh, it is something that even as the headlines that we see in papers and different agencies beginning to to, um, not express their focus on ESG as much as maybe a couple years ago, it's still a main major part of investments. And it's something that consumers want as well. And so I'm hopeful that, we can turn a corner and see these factors be just a core part of investing and the financial world.
0: And just to add a last note to that, as we see in fundraising for environmental nonprofits, and I think it's across the board um, with fundraising from what I've heard, uh, is that corporations aren't uh, investing overall so much in. Uh, donations either. So I think, as you're saying, the last couple of years with um, ESG factors changing, I think we're seeing that in how dollars are being invested into the space.
1: Yeah. um, and, And there was a headline I saw that ESG funds saw outflows for the first time in 2022. And you think, wow, does that mean ESG is not as exciting as it was but then the next part of that headline is that main uh funds non-esg funds saw even more outflows than esg funds so like headlines are always um not always the truth the the full truth um shocking yeah esg (laughs) remains more popular than regular funds on a net basis which is still cool to see
0: all right. On that note, um, thank you to Ryan and thanks for listening to The Peel. To get involved with South Bay Sarasota, visit southbay.org Sarasota. Until next time, stay sunny.